Hello there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Carmageddon. And I'm Jason McMaster. And my game of the week is not Dragon's Dogma. And my name is Bruce Garrick, and my game of the week is not the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. I would That's be awesome if that that would that does sound like a game that like might have been made with the collaboration of the residents or something. Like one of those full motion video things on C D ROM back in the eighties, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, bad so, day in the midway. Very good, very good, Bruce Garrick. You know, sometimes I think you know a thing or two about video games. Sometimes. Yeah. Don't delude yourself. Uh, so, uh, Bruce Garrick, you are here today because uh, we wanted, we've for a long time wanted to say this on the podcast, and we can finally say this. Here we go. Is there a doctor in the house? No, in the, in the house. <laughs> That's in, if we were Canadian, that would be how that works. So, uh, we do have a doctor in the house, so anyone who needs medical advice or anything like that, you can tweet us, you know, while we're recording live, and we can pass that along to Bruce Garrick, and he can answer questions about, like, if there's, like, a mole you wanted to know about, or if you're, if you've got an itchy sensation, or something like that, let us know, we'll pass that along to Bruce, he can answer that real time. Sounds perfect. There you go. Uh... Let's start real quick. Oh, by the way, Bruce, I, that song was for you because I seem to recall you once telling me that you thought ABBA were the greatest musical geniuses since the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, you probably do remember that. You can neither confirm nor deny that, huh? Well, I'm sure that there are a lot of th- other things that you remember that uh, <laughs> that have questionable basis in fact, such as the uh, awfulness of Uncharted 3. Oh, wow, let's bring that up. I, I, say, I, I will say, though, I, I will say this about you, Bruce, and this is actually a true thing. You uh-huh. only have a PlayStation 3. You, you mean all- I have no other possessions? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of you wandering homeless through North Carolina, <laughs> clutching a PlayStation 3. But, no, I, I meant as far as, like, uh, video game credibility goes. Like, uh-huh. you don't have an Xbox 360. You don't have a Wii to play Xenoblade Chronicles on. Uh, like if I wanted, if you wanted to join me and McMaster to play Max Payne, we would have to be playing the PS3 version. Am I am I right about that? Right, but I do have, um, for example, I have a uh, Sega Saturn. Uh, I have a uh, a Jaguar. I have uh, a Nintendo. I have uh, what's that? What was that handheld thing? Lynx. No. Um, yes. Neo Geo Pocket. Brett Todd. Brett Todd made me buy it. Uh, it was oh, a God. big, clunky, handheld kind of thing. Yeah, no, it, was, it was an Atari Lynx. It's got to have been an Atari Lynx. No, uh, no. They'll be linked to it at the bottom of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get yeah. into it later. Uh, so uh, you are a PS3 a, a sort of apologist yes. in that that's what you play. So I want to. Fanboy. Fanboy, right. So I want to apologize up front about not liking Uncharted 3, uh, Journey. Uh, right. what, what Journey's good. I like uh, Wheel in the Sky. Ah, see, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. It's not as uh, overplayed as some of the others. Right. It's no Don't Stop Believing. Well, right. right. That, I mean, that's because that's, that's yeah. they were born and raised in South Detroit, and so I, I, oh, kind yeah. of feel, I feel an affinity uh, with that. 
Bruce, if you had to, if you had to go on a long t- car trip and you could only bring one CD, would it be a Journey CD or an ABBA CD? Oh God, you know that's a that's a tough one. Um, I would actually, I'd probably bring a, a Fog Hat CD of ABBA covers. Oh, I would love if such a thing existed. McMaster, wow. you are on this car trip. You get a vote. You get a say in the matter. Um, ABBA or Journey? Well, I wouldn't be on a car trip. I would be on a uh, midnight train going anywhere. <laughs> nice. So, Journey, Journey. Very good. All right. So, uh, if, if we if we ever have to drive anywhere, uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, let's start. Let's get into our format here. Uh, we are going to start with a little news of the week. Bruce Carrick, we've brought you here because we understand you do have some news of the week that may or may not be relevant to other people on the podcast. What's going on in the world of video gaming? Oh, okay. So I just want to apologize to everybody uh, that's listening. I had an extensive piece prepared on the shelling of Homs, and then uh, Tom corrected me and said that this was not a news uh, segment. It was a news in video gaming segment. Right. Save that so, for the we do a quarter to three news podcast right, and we cover right. the election, the events right. in Syria, this uh, this whole situation with the, the guy who ate the other guy's face in Florida. Right, right. Hurricane right. Although, Carol, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so that's so that's not covered. So um, I guess uh, I guess I have to think of something else. So I can't I, I'm not really up on what's going on in video games, um, but, uh, you know, outside of the the uh, very uh uh, febrile world of uh, war gaming, but um, I, I do know that there is this um, that this website called Kickstarter, and mm. uh, uh, I saw I noticed uh, recently that there was uh, there were some projects, and one of them was this uh, this project by these two guys who write uh, stories about playing video games against each other. I don't know if you had any insight into that. So I think I do. Their names they have the same first names as we do. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a coincidence. They've been at it for a while, uh, and it's been it's been dormant for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Sort of like uh, when something when a disease goes into I don't know what is it recession remission. Uh, it can go into recession too. You could call it a refractory period, maybe. Sure. Also, you yeah. could do that as long as we're rolling out medical terminology. Right. Okay, uh, so yeah, so uh, we or they we you know what let's let's go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. These two people are you and I, Bruce Garrick. That's correct. That's correct. Tom Chick, I'm I'm glad you're up on your uh, current events. Uh, I, I follow. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, you do. Huh? So, um, so yeah. So I, I, uh, I launched uh, with your help uh, a Kickstarter uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, um, we are now 24 hours into the Kickstarter to relaunch Tom versus Bruce, and uh, we are almost halfway there, which is fantastic. Um, the uh, the idea. I don't. I don't know when the idea came to us. Um, Maybe you can clarify that, but uh, we've actually been working on it for some time and uh, finally just got the whole um, uh, video edited and all the rewards tiered up and um, and got going. And it, uh, the response has been uh, really, uh, really great. So uh, if you're listening to this and have given us money, thank you very much. Uh, yep. And if you are listening to this and haven't given us money, you should uh, you should click on the link that I'm sure Tom will provide uh, in this uh, in this um, post on quarter three and see for yourself if it's something that you want to contribute to. 
So links, by the way, are so passe. We don't need that. Just just Google Tom versus Bruce Kickstarter or go to Kickstarter. Type in Tom versus Bruce. Bruce, you'll, you'll find it pretty easily. Uh, we we like Bruce said. We really appreciate the uh, early enthusiasm. That has been very encouraging. As anybody who's dealt with Kickstarter knows, it's. Uh, it's a sort of a soul-searching moment when you press that launch button on a on a on a campaign. Uh, so thank you so much for people who are enth- who are supporting us this early. Uh, we've still got several days to go. We don't really know what's going to happen, but I can't deny that after the first day, I'm sitting here in my head thinking, "Oh, what games could we do? You know, yeah. what could the first new Tom versus Bruce be?" Right. Uh, and I, you know, there are journey. Some- <laughs> well, seriously, McMaster, now you say that, but I think of things like that. Like, you know, Journey has multiplayer, and it's got weird multiplayer. And I, I would, part of me, part of what I love about doing Tom vs. Bruce, or what I've loved about doing it in the past, is um, subjecting Bruce to different games that he would probably never play. So part yes. of me is like, oh, good golly, I would love to force Bruce to sit through Journey. Um, so we have I, things I, like that. Yeah. Well, I like Fable Journeys. I played Journey uh, for probably about ten minutes. You did not play Journey. I did. I have it. You could look it up. Look up. Look up my uh, my whatever the uh, social networking uh, PlayStation thing is. Uh, first of all, they're called trophies. Do they have one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, they're definitely trophies. Yeah, like you get a trophy for finishing. You get a trophy like anything. You get trophies for doing various things. So, so Bruce, we can't. I will trust but verify. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, you can tell how, how long people play things, right? Because Stefan is always bugging me about uh, how come you haven't played X or Y, or how come you only played so and so for 15 minutes. Ah, uh, uh, right. That's called that's called like trophy stalking, or you can do that with the Xbox. It's like achievement stalking, cyberbullying. It's a form of cyberbullying, exactly. Like if if you don't like a review somebody wrote. Uh, you can look up their achievements and see, okay, how much did they really play? You know, like, like you can do that kind of thing. And it, you know what, McMaster, it's a form of cyberbullying, by golly. Yeah. So, Bruce, don't ever, you know, if you find yourself at the end of your rope, don't don't do it. It gets better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so we have so uh, uh, visit us on Kickstarter. We uh, we would love your support. And even if you don't support us, that's totally fine. We uh, are going to if this comes to pass, this is something that we will make available to everyone. On so TomVersusBruce.com, by the way. Exactly. Yes, we have a website. This isn't going to be this isn't going to be like a, a thing on quarter to three. This is its own thing. It's a separate program. Uh, if it gets funded, we will make it available to the public. It'll be launched. Everybody can read it. Even if you're like, ah, oh, harumph, I don't want to support those guys i don't like them or whatever that's totally cool it's still there for you as well assuming it comes to pass um so uh so thank you for the support and uh keep it coming and more importantly tell your friends if you like what we've done uh pass the word around that's a huge part of what makes a kickstarter work and we would appreciate your support in that way as well so you need more uh, reward tiers you need like a poncho or we have uh, believe me we have we have more award tiers. Yeah, oh, Bruce is letting things slip. We do have like little secret things. We, we, yeah, we have we have tricks up our sleeve. We're very tricky. Yeah. We have yeah. some tricks yeah. up our sleeve. Yeah. That, and the, uh, and the, great, the great thing about it is that uh, you can always, as for the duration of the Kickstarter, you can always change your reward selection. There's nothing binding about uh, about your pledge. So if you uh, right. Pledge something, and then something comes up—a reward that you really need to have. You can just change your uh, change your pledge amount, change your reward choice. Uh, so don't uh, if you're if you're listening to this uh, to this podcast and going, "Oh my God, I already pledged." Uh, don't worry, 
it uh, we have we have some things that I think people will like. Uh, we're sort of we're sort of feeling our way through this. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I was reading the uh, quarter three uh, thread about uh, about the podcast. Uh, sorry about the about the case start, and I, I was once again great to see everybody. Um, uh, great to see the positive response. Somebody made a comment about how our um, I think it was Roberto actually who said uh, that. Um, our rewards were uh, were a little thin, and I, I, I totally understand what he means. And I think that uh, Tom, you and I had discussed things like um, you know trying to have uh, something tangible that people could could right. uh, could get. But I, uh, part of it was that we really didn't we didn't want to feel like we were selling a product other than that Tom versus Bruce. I mean, we wanted to sell uh, the writing, and um, you know, sure we could go out and, and partner with. Uh, somebody to make us uh, some kind of uh, art print. And by the way, uh, the uh, the idle thumbs. Uh, I'm kicking myself for not uh, pointing up for the uh, for the shitty wizard prints. Now that I, I see them up on uh, on their update, that's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, that's that that's a that's a different kind of thing. Um, I I, I kind of we were hesitant to to try to sell or or try to encourage people to give money because they wanted to get some kind of of uh, you know, tangible. Dad or a yeah, 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 yeah. Who needs? I mean, that, that's fine. It's just that, that wasn't really our style for this. Um, I know that if we're going to try to raise more money in the future, if we decide to you know continue with this and this gets funded and we go through it and and uh, need money for for further things like uh, you know video production, then uh, then we may have to reconsider that, which is fine. Uh, we we have been reconsidering it, but uh, that's that's why we launched the way that that we did. So check us out on Kickstarter on Tom versus Bruce. We even have a Twitter account. Uh, what do you, how do you say Twitter accounts? Pound sign Tom versus Bruce. Did I do that right? No, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, uh, it's it's the it's the at symbol. Oh, at symbol. Yeah, pound sign is hashtags. I'm close. I'm 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 just da- I, I'm dangerous enough to know what some things are, but not know what they mean. So yeah, so at sign Tom versus Bruce on uh, Twitter. And one of these days, if we figure out whatever the new thing is for Facebook, uh, and our uh, we might even get a Facebook page going. Yeah, except I'm not on Facebook, so Tom will have to handle that. We'll get you there. We can. Oh, are you just mad about the stock tanking? Uh, I I don't have a I don't have a an emotional response to that. I think it's very interesting, uh, but I'm uh, not. Given that I, I don't have any direct equity interest in Facebook, it it uh, is really not concerning to me at this time. Are you at least happy that Mark Zuckerberg is now married? I had I had uh, I had I had tweeted him uh, his my congratulations. I'd, I'd been following his career for a long time and felt that this was the right step to take now. Now, have you guys seen the Facebook movie by the way? Social no, no. what is it called? What is the David Fincher Social Facebook? Network? Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen that? I have no. not. Okay, so having seen it, I find myself wondering, oh, what was the Asian girl in the movie who he ended up marrying? I don't know if there's an answer to that. I don't know how many, how many liberties the movie took with Mark Zuckerberg's life, but when I hear he got married, I'm like, oh, I wonder which of the characters that was in the movie. I don't know if it's any of them, but uh, oh well. But you don't have an answer to that, do you? No, I don't. You out there and make us wonder, and now you're like, uh, I don't know. Oh. I know. Wow. Folks, let us know. Yeah, write in, let us know. Uh, yeah. Bruce, how did you feel about being called an elf? Uh, we had a comment section on the quarter to three it, it, forum post, and someone said you looked like an elf. I was most concerned that somebody thought that I looked like J.R.R. Martin. George, George, yeah, uh, George, George R.R. Martin. J.R. from Dallas. Either way, it doesn't. <laughs> they said they expected you to look like George R.R. Martin, and yeah. you instead looked like an elf. I, I love sure that. 
not sure which of those two things is more disturbing. No, no, Tom got the good one. Oh, God, I got a little, like, double oh, oh. barrel. Yeah, balding Pee Wee Herman, which, you know what? Okay, I don't dispute either of those <laughs> things. But just, you know, just break me in easy. Hit me with one of those at a time. <clears throat> don't double load them like that, you know? Yeah. Somebody really had it in for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jim, you were more of a Jimmy Cagney-looking type is what this guy was thinking. That's a, that's a shame. Eh? I don't even know what Cagney looks like, but I prefer that, I think. Uh, <laughs> I would have liked Cagney that. Place. Uh, so Bruce, how did you? By the way, you did a great job on our little video. Uh, I when we first started talking about doing this, I was like, "Oh God, we have to make a video." No, we're we're writers. We can't make videos. This is awful. Uh, you, I think, did this slam bang job, sort of figuring out editing. We shot footage. We went back and forth over how to do it. So when we have the little Tom versus Bruce Productions thing at the end, the staff of Tom versus Bruce Productions pretty much consists of Bruce Garrick. So <laughs> fine work. Yes. Thank you, except uh, I did use your camera. Yes, we borrowed a camera from uh, a friend of the podcast and a guy on the movie podcast named Christian Morosky. So he's also... Mrzansky. Uh, I keep mispronouncing it. Uh, he also is... Uh, he gets a special thank you when we say Tom versus Bruce production. That means basically Bruce Garrick and special thanks to Christian Mrzansky. So Perfect. there we go. All right, so that's Bruce Garrick's News of the Week. Uh, again, we're just incredibly heartened by the enthusiasm. Thank you guys so much. Uh, keep spreading the word. And hopefully in a month or so, we'll uh, have Tom versus Bruce's uh, appearing online. So, Bruce Garrick, that is your News of the Week. What News, then, actually. News. What then would be your Game of the Week? I'm guessing Journey, because you don't have much time to play games, so you've... Got to go with the last thing you played. You said you spent 10 minutes in Journey, so Journey, your game of the week? Well, let's see. Since I played Journey, uh, I played uh, I, I played Diablo 3. I don't know if you guys have heard about that coming out. Um, oh, wow, when? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's surprising, right? I mean, it, when, when, was the, when was the last Diablo? Like in 2000, right? So, I mean, yeah. I, I think people kind of forgot about it and were just like, huh, whatever. It's, it, there was, oh, and then came out and they were trying to remember what this was game was all about and uh but the good thing was that the, the, yeah, go the good thing is that when it came out it was pretty much the same as the last game so you know people pretty much uh pretty much uh, got reminded pretty fast with the okay uh, that's not that i'm not mcmaster and i are not going to stand for you saying something like that and then <laughs> oh, moving yeah. on. so what, what i have to check first is this your game of the week because if it's not i have questions Okay, it, it, it's not my game of the week all right well then i have a question okay. why on earth did you pick up diablo 3 so, the short answer is that uh, it's a Blizzard game, so I have to play all of them, even though I have never played StarCraft II. Um, but, uh, no, the real reason is that uh, for the last few years, I've been very intermittently playing with uh, a group of uh, quarter three years, ex-quarter three years. Uh, we've been playing uh, World of Warcraft, like weekly, or actually for me it was almost monthly. We would get together on... Um, uh, either a Saturday or a Sunday. Often I was post call, so I would basically come home from the hospital, having been home, been up for three hours, uh, play some World of Warcraft for like two hours, and then go to sleep. Um, but uh, when Diablo three came out, the group kind of decided that that was uh, that that was going to be the new game. So, so it was a little bit of a herd mentality kind of deal. Yeah, kind of. Well, we all we all had also to, to be fair, we'd also stopped playing World of Warcraft for probably the prior six months we were just done with it so um we weren't playing anything and uh when the um when diablo 3 came out 
that was everybody decided because I think this group had played they they'd played before I had joined them, but uh, they had played the uh, original Diablo uh, that way uh, in Diablo two, and now um, now they, it was sort of a nostalgic game for everybody. So I joined in, and and uh, of, of course I, I made I made one uh, meeting, and then the next meeting, of course, I was post call and flaked and fell asleep. So uh, I actually played multiplayer a grand total of one time, but. Uh, uh, I won't say it was it, it was interesting. It, it was definitely interesting. Well, now what I I hate to tell you this, and I I think this is something that a lot of folks have. Well, some folks have no patience for. But mm-hmm. I think a uh, a fact about Diablo three mm-hmm. is that there is this odd sort of mandatory ten hour game tax on it before you're actually appreciating what it has to offer. Like I yeah. I think it's expecting you to play through on normal mode, and you're just clicking at things, and it's pretty easy, and it's slowly unfolding the different skills and the glyphs and whatnot that you'll use. But it's not until you've gotten through to the end and you're sort of replaying the content with your character leveled up that you can really appreciate what it's doing. So. So I just want to say, Bruce Garrick, as a guy who's got, I think your your main dude is level 12, unfortunately, I don't think Diablo 3 is going to reveal its charms to you for quite a while. So you're saying I actually haven't played Diablo 3? Not as, and I hate to put it this way, but I'm going to, but not as it's supposed to be played. Oh, God, I even hate hearing myself say those words. That's just so, like, <laughs> so like you're doing it wrong. Uh, uh yeah, I think I might say that. Master, would you say that to someone who's only like gotten a 12th level? Like, you haven't really played Diablo 3. Well, I mean, in a way you've played probably some of the best parts of Diablo 3, but you haven't played through what, you know, explored really what the characters can do. You don't even really have a good idea until 30, I think. Honestly. There you go, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you haven't really yeah. explored like what it can do with its characters. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how I would put it. Like, I mean, the setting in the game is, I mean... You know, it's pretty good uh, just in general, but uh, yeah, until you get like I don't know. I I started really enjoying Nightmare, and then Hell is pretty good too. So we'll see. All right. So so wow. So that's not your game of the week. So that implies to me you've actually played something else lately. Yes, I have. Mm, interesting. What would this be? Um, does it have to be a video game? You know what? We've done board games before. Uh, yeah. We have done. I guess board games are as far as we've strayed. We did have someone once do a when he for his game for his news of the week. He did news about a sport, so hmm. that's kind of a game. Hmm. So you know what? You can be as 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 liberal with your definition of game of the week as you like. Rock and roll. Uh, what about choose your own adventure? Those little books that you read. Yeah. Oh God. Ugh. Are those still around? Kids these days would have no patience for that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have patience for it either. No, I, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the, the the game that actually is my game of the week is a game called Conflict of Heroes. Now it's a it's Ugh. a board game. Say the whole but, name. Say the whole name because everybody's gonna giggle. Say the whole name. Beginning <laughs> of the bear. What? It's, it's what? okay. So this is this is the game's full title: Conflict of Heroes: Colon. Awakening the Bear. Now, you know, oh. say that, Bruce Garrick, and I think that could be the name of a William Friedkin movie in the 70s. <laughs> or an Alan Arkin movie. Yeah. Well, probably not. <laughs> no, that would work, too. Uh, all right, so tell us, what on earth is this, Bruce Garrick? Yes. So this is actually uh, the closest that anybody is going to get to play Advanced Squad Leader on the computer. So if you're out there and thinking that you're going to play Advanced Squad Leader on the computer, first of all, get over it. You're not. It's never going to happen. Kurt Schilling is basically has now been arrested and will never uh, be able to realize his um, 
his dream of, of uh, making a, a video game out of everything at MMP. Actually, Kershaw you know was even... Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Well, I just want to say that's a bit of the story that everybody, certainly I've forgotten about, is that he has does, he has the rights to advance squad leader? Is that yeah, right? absolutely. So yeah. all of that has kind of been sunk with all this drama around 38 well, Studios and Rhode well, Island. Right? It, it's more it's more complicated than that, though, because I think I think Kurt Schilling actually I don't think he he is involved with MMP anymore. I think he's he's still, and it's, it's not clear to me. And this is just off the top of my head, and this could be completely wrong. So if somebody wants to correct this uh, later, I think he he basically doesn't isn't involved in the business dealings of MMP anymore. But he licenses the the rights to Squad Leader. Um, to the company and they use it and he's just kind of not involved. But that was his baby for a long time. And now is MMP the folks who are currently publishing the, yes. the tabletop version? Okay. Multi, multi-man publishing, yes. It's okay. uh, uh, Brian Yaus and Perry Cock and uh, some other people. But um, uh, so Conflict of Heroes is a, is a different game. Uh, it's um, uh, a, a simpler game than Advanced Squad Leader, but uh, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you have little chits. And uh, you move them around in a hex grid, and you roll dice. Uh, and um, it's you know tactical infantry tank combat in World War II. Mm-hmm. And Awakening the Bear happens to be the uh, the Eastern Front. Um, so I can't be America in this game. Well, you can always be America. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> but uh, and it's very okay. scenario based, right? Scenario based, yeah. It's very scenario based. Um, it, it's actually published um, by uh, Matrix slash Slytherine, and uh, it, it's it's actually a really pretty good implement. Now they, uh, I won't get into the minutia of all of it because uh, people will be turning off the podcast left and right. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the rules that they use are not exactly the same rules that I had played in the board game. There's a different activation. Kind of sequence, and it's not, it's not. It doesn't quite play the same way, but in in um, in basic point of fact, it's just you move you move a unit, and your opponent moves a unit, and you move a unit, and your opponent moves a unit, and you move a unit, and your opponent moves a unit. And it's well, not of, just a unit, but you move a unit one space, and then an opponent moves a unit right, one space. Exactly. Right? Like yes. it's very it's yes. very sort of granular in the sense that everybody's doing a little thing at a time, and and there's that whole kind of who's going to blink and fire first and stop moving closer, like right. Uh, it's not like you move this unit and then you're done with it and you can't touch it for the rest of the turn. Right. Uh, which, which to me is a, is a great variation on that standard I go you go formula. Right. It's it's almost it's it's trying to do a we go format yeah. in a board game, yeah. which I think is pretty neat. Um, and uh, the thing I like about it is that the the decisions you make are pretty clear in the sense that you can calculate what could happen. And your odds of, of achieving something, and you're basically, you know, saying to yourself, "Well, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to fire at that guy. I only have a, you know, 30% chance of hitting him. But if I do, it, you know, it, it's very beneficial to me. So uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's an evaluate decisions moment by moment kind of uh, kind of thing in a turn-based format, which which I love. So. Um, uh, I've, I've, uh, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to play more than a couple scenarios, but uh, but I've been enjoying uh, enjoying playing it, and I love the fact that it has little uh, unit chits. You can you can actually play with the with the little chits on the map. Which I but wait a minute, what if I want 3D models? Oh, Tom Chick, of course. If you're one of those people that wants to play with toy soldiers in a little 3D format, <laughs> you can just click a button, and it'll come up like that for you. 
Uh, it is so endearing that they are willing to just be so true to the board game roots. I mean, they literally are flat chits with all the information. Flat, and and they're, the funny thing is, Bruce, they're in a 3D representation of the world. I mean, you're still moving a flat chit through a forest, which right. is just, it's so freaking adorable. Yeah, and uh, you, can, you can rotate the camera so you can look at your chit yes. from a different angle. I mean, it, 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 yes. It's, it's totally fantastic. That's right. Yeah. Do you want to get down close to the table or far above the table? What angle do you want to view your chit from? Uh, yeah, that's really great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you played the tabletop version? So you do know the tabletop version. Yeah, I have played the tabletop version. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a like a fan of the tabletop version the way I am um, Advanced Squad Leader. I think the tabletop version, I, it, I had already been sort of uh, indoctrinated into Advanced Squad Leader at the time that I first played Conflict of Heroes, and I, I was at the time that I played, I was a little resistant to. Uh, sort of the simplifications of that system. Now, now, now that I'm playing actually on the computer, it's, it's just a great, uh, a great argument for playing board games on the computer. You might get a different perspective. Uh, I think the game actually is a little too simple to play uh, repeatedly on the computer against the AI. It's a little. It's right. like playing uh, computer checkers, right? I mean, you're just kind of like ah. But um, I think against an, an opponent, and it does have multiplayer. Uh, it definitely replicates that very tense. Oh, you know. Oh, I hope he doesn't move that guy. Oh, I hope he doesn't shoot me. Oh, I hope he doesn't hit me. Oh, god. Right. Kind of, uh, kind of back and forth uh, board game uh, dynamic. And I will say, just like how they're so upfront about letting the units be chits, I love how the die rolls. Like it's showing yes. you what die roll you need. It's showing you what die roll you got. Yeah. Uh, I love that element of it and how that's true to the the tabletop game. Yeah. All right. Tell us the name again because I I can't get enough of giggling at that. Conflict of Heroes, colon, Awakening the Bear. <laughs> All right. That leads me real quick to my news of the week, just because uh, I have a quiz for you, Bruce Garrick. Mm-hmm. So my news of the week is that uh, there is a... And, Bruce, actually, this is pertinent to you because you have a PS3. Uh, you will no doubt be excited to know that there is a new Ratchet & Clank just announced... That will be coming out this holiday season. Hmm. Uh, That's the dog and the mouse or something, right? Well, there's a lot of debate as to what race Ratchet is. Well, everybody knows he's a Lomax, but, you know, is a Lomax, is it a fox, is it a mouse, is it a dog? Uh, Clank, of course, is a robot. I'm sure Bruce knew that. Uh, but, but Ratchet, you know, what is a Lomax? You, you know, you actually, if you play... Uh, the crack in time one. There's a lot of answers provided there, but I don't want to spoil it because I don't think okay. this is yeah, don't spoil it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in case you just want some old school just shooting, uh, it's called Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assault. It'll be available this holiday season. It's a little downloadable game. It'll have multiplayer support. Uh, and it's, it's made, this is the most important part of the story, it's made by Insomniac. The last big Ratchet and Clank we got was All for One, and it was a sort of a four-player, multiplayer, arcade thing, and it was not made by Insomniac, and I loathed that thing. I just thought it would it betrayed everything, not everything, but it was just, it, was a, it didn't cash in on what made Ratchet and Clank great. Uh, so I'm glad to see Insomniac doing more work. Uh, you said it. it was a four-player game, the previous one? All for One, so you get all four, the number four yeah, one. Yeah, four, yeah. Yeah, so that was basically an arcade game where you've always got four characters on screen. Oh, and was ideally, it like Gauntlet? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that same kind of oh, vibe, you might say. I don't um, play Gauntlet. You know what? You can on your iPhone, and it's awful. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's a Midway Collect Games collection that has a faithful, uh, I guess, port of Gauntlet and Gauntlet 2 for your iPhone. Yeah, and, yeah, jump in there and knock yourself out. It's, uh, it's pretty wretched. 
So yeah, maybe, maybe you don't want to play Gauntlet. The 360 version cured me of ever wanting to play Gauntlet again. Oh, is there like a midway, uh, like a version of that for the 360 as well, McMaster? Yeah, it came out, I think, when the App Store launched for the 360 a long time ago, or when they started doing their, you know, yeah. games or whatever, Xbox Live stuff. Gauntlet is one of those games that you think you want to play, but what you really want to play is Diablo 3. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's much better. Yeah. So, uh, Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assault will be out this holiday season, and uh, Insomniac has a tradition of naming things with a little bit of a double entendre. Full Frontal Assault, you get it? It's kind of like Awakening the Bear. I don't. You could you could do it. Could put little images in your head that may be uh, less than wholesome. Uh, I don't so, really get it. Can you explain? Well, here's what I'm going to do, Bruce Garrick. I'm going to give you four titles, subtitles, okay. like Ratchet and Clank colon blah blah yep. blah. Okay. Two two of these four are authentic Ratchet and Clank games. You have to tell me which two are the real ones. Okay. 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 Yeah, this is easy. All right, here we go. It's not going to be easy. Like if I were to say Ratchet and Clank penis. You know, you would know that's not one. But <laughs> well, you wouldn't know for sure. You wouldn't know for sure, but I'm not going to make it that easy. I've, I've tried okay. to be a little subtle here, okay? You ready? Right. Okay. Here, here's four titles. Ratchet and Clank, Pistol Envy. Ratchet and Clank, Going Commando. Ratchet and Clank, Look Ma, No Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, shut up. McMaster, your poker face. I can't do a poker face if you're going to screw it up, too. Hold on. You started. <laughs> and I can't maintain it if you start giggling, too. We need one okay. of us. All right, all right, sorry, sorry. Stone Cold Killer here, and I can't do it. So, okay, right. and finally, finally, Ratchet and Clank, up your arsenal. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there, there uh, what's your name, Bruce Garrick? There are four Ratchet and Clanks. I'll just do Pistol Envy, go in commando, look. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the ESRB approving that. <laughs> up your arsenal. And the thing well, is, I'm sure these are not as funny to anyone else as they are to me, so I apologize. Uh, all right, so Bruce Garrick, of those four, Pistol Envy, Going Commando, uh-huh. Up your Arsenal, Look Mondo Pants, which two are real? Uh, I think I, I think uh, Russian Clank and Going Commando is for sure real. Okay. Um, you have to pick both before I before you lock in your answer. Okay. Because you, if you if you don't get both of them, you fail. I just want you to know. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pistol Envy. So you think the real ones? What are the two real ones? I think I just said. Go and Commando and Pistol Envy. Yes. I won. Sweet. Uh, there's actually no. There's an up your arsenal and a go and there Commando. There is. Pistol yeah. Envy I made up and look Mon. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, so full frontal assault, you know, you think of, I don't know what you think of, but there's a little bit of a double entendre. You know what? That's not much of an entendre, is it? No. Because no. crack in time, that also, maybe it's just me, but I, I think that's not much of an entendre. I mean, that they're, they're kind of losing their touch as far as uh, insinuating dirty things. Yeah. Well, also, there's a Morsey album called Your Arsenal, so it's not really that edgy. Right. Yeah, yeah, but once you talk about up... Your arsenal. Oh, yeah. I bet Morrissey has probably headed up his arsenal as well. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that's my news of the week. Uh, Bruce Garrick, you'll be able to play a new Ratchet. Oh, actually, a bigger news. Well, this isn't news because this is old, but what I'm more excited about is they are releasing a remastered high-definition version of the PlayStation 2 Ratchet and Clanks. 
uh, this fall, which will include Going Commando, the original Ratchet and Clank, and Up Your Arsenal. Uh, and this will be for the PS3, of course, high definition, the cool multiplayer support that was in Up Your Arsenal, which nobody played because it was on the PS2, mm. will now be enabled on the PS3. So, uh, Bruce, you and me, mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank, maybe there's a Tom versus Bruce in that in our future. Who knows? Well, is, if they're as good as Rayman Origins, then I'm all on board. How do you know about that? Because I own it. There's no multiplayer in that, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You own that, and you still picked Conflict of Heroes, Awakening the Bear. Mm-hmm. I never really understood. You know, I, I keep getting recommended the Rayman games, and I keep trying to play them. And I just, I don't know. You have to be into platformers. I mean, if, if you're not into platformers. Oh, I, I love Joust. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I think that explains it. It's the ultimate platformer. <laughs> there are platforms in Joust. That is correct. Yes. Also, River Run. Uh, what, r- what? River Run? <laughs> River Run, yeah. Oh, good lord. Wow, that's even older school. C64. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, McMaster, what do you have for News of the Week? <sighs> oh, um, my News of the Week is CD Projekt's new announcement. Ah. Title. They, uh... Just so you know. The what now? Project. It's Polish. The J is oh, like, sound like a Y. Oh. I forgive oh. you, though. Wait, uh, is that true? Come on. I've never, ever heard anyone say it that way out loud. CD Projekt? Well, that's how you'd say it in Polish, and they're Polish, all right? So two and two makes four. Well, I mean, I guess he's right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think he's got a I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, I mean, so that's good. Okay, CD Projekt. Good. Um, the Polish developer, um, they uh, they have announced their new game will be set in the cyberpunk uh, game world for the pen and paper game by our Talsorian Games. So uh, if you're a fan of The Witcher and cyberpunk, or either or really, it's something to look forward to. Now, what's the name of the game? Uh, I don't actually know. Wait, I thought it was cyberpunk. Is it just cyberpunk? I mean... I thought that that was the... I could be mistaken, but I thought that was both the genre and the name, which was a little... Uh... Well, sure, yeah, it's uh, absolutely the genre. And then, and then of course, the name. Now, like, there's like a million cyberpunk games, but that, hey, that's one of them. Wait, can you explain the concept to me, though? I don't I don't think I understand the concept. The Witcher cyberpunk? Goes into, no, The Witcher goes into cyberpunk? No, no, it's just like a new like world, game world. They're designing... Based on the cyberpunk. Uh, so what does game. the Witcher do with it? It's nothing. It's the but, guys who made uh, the Witcher games great are now presumably going to make an unrelated I, cyberpunk I, game. Great. I thought you meant the Witcher right. like got teleported into cyberpunk. No. Would be terrible. That would be pretty pretty uh, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised with uh, based on the Polish sci-fi that I have read, which uh-huh. consists of one dude, Stanislaw Lem. I yeah. would not be surprised if whoever wrote those Witcher novels, if he did mm-hmm. something crazy like that. Right. It would have ro- then it would have to have robots. You'd have to have robots and time travel. I mean, yeah, cyberpunk, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe there could be some crossover in their future. They could then do the cyberpunk series and then sort of tie it into Witcher. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, well, but I think, McMaster, it is called cyberpunk. I could be wrong about that, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit confusing to me since everything, every five seconds there's like a capitalized cyberpunk being mentioned. So you, you're not really sure exactly which one they're talking about. It's like, here's it also might be pronounced cyberpunk. That's oh, true. I'm not going to. I'll say CD Projekt, but I'm not going to say Super. I refuse to do. To do I, I draw a line there. Uh, so, so what's the game Silent Storm? Do you remember Silent Storm? What setting would that be? 
Isn't that alternate history World War II? Yes. With, with robots. Aliens. With robots. Yeah, not aliens. I don't know that. Has anyone done? Oh, yeah. Well, alternate history World War II with aliens is resistance. The insomnia yes. shooter. Yes. Yeah, sure. But alternate history World War II with robots, McMaster, I think you're onto something. That's uh, Silent Storm, if I'm oh, not. No, alternate history, yeah. Alternate history Cold War with aliens is Jagged Alliance 2. Ah, uh, yes, exactly. And Silent Storm <laughs> yes. is very much a Jagged Alliance. What about alternate history World War One with robots? Oh, that's uh, how about Valkyrie Prom uh, Chronicles or whatever. Oh, very good. I was going to say Sucker Punch, that awful Zack Snyder movie, but uh, I think you're right, McMaster. I was going to say Wasted Land. What is that? Oh, no, yeah, very good, except there's no robots in that. Come on, Garrick. That's Lovecraft. Lovecraft doesn't have robots. They're essentially robots. They, ro they are robotic. Yes. They're, they're programmed to kill. That's true. They're single-minded, robotic. Sure, sure, fair enough. It does have Lang spiders. Uh, mm -hmm. Can't stay on those guys. Wow. Yeah, they're creepy. Uh, all right, so McMaster, the new CD project, uh, project, project. <laughs> there we yes. go. <laughs> Glad to hear them announce that. Glad to hear them getting out of fantasy. I, I loved what they did with that property, with the fantasy stuff, with the Witcher property, and I, w I would love to see them play with something cyberpunk. You know what? I think of a uh, CD project Deus Ex. Like, what what could be cooler? Yeah, yeah. Do sex, do sex. Yeah. Speaking of which, yes. I just I, I have a kind of a, not a quiz for you guys, but just if you guys can help me out, kind of mm -hmm. just a little, you know, help a buddy out. Um, how do you, how would you pronounce the word M I dash G O? If well, everybody were, knows what that is. Come on. How, but how do you say it? Uh, isn't it me go like from Beyond the Stars? Right. It's one of those flying things from Pluto. Yeah. But me go. Is it me go or my go? No, my go would be M Y G O. I would think uh, Migo. Really? Yeah, that's, that's you, what I thought at least. Yeah, Bruce, have you been running around saying my go and embarrassing yourself at Lovecraft parties? Yeah, maybe. Huh. How would you say S H U B N I G G A R U T H? The Black Goat of the Woods. Very good. <laughs> Uh, I, I every now and then hear someone say something like Cthulhu, and I'm like, oh, God, who who does that? Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, there we go, a little pronunciation guide for Lovecraft. Uh, news of the week all around. Let's see, we've all done our news of the week. Bruce, you've done your game of the week. Let's go to McMaster, why don't for game of the week I go first? All right, hey, go nuts. See? All right, so my game of the week is Dragon's Dogma. Uh, one of the goofiest names I've seen in a long time, uh, which yeah. I was convinced when I first started playing Dragon's Dogma, and I'm not sure I've changed my mind on this, but I am viewing it from a different angle. But when I first started playing Dragon's Dogma, I was convinced these guys were making awful gameplay decisions. Uh, it was like clunky and awkward and all these like no-nos in modern video game design these guys were doing. Uh, and it just seemed ill-conceived, and uh, who would want to put up with this? But the more I played it, the more I could sort of appreciate that they were doing things that other computer RPGs are afraid to do. You know, they're afraid to inconvenience the player. And, and part of what they achieve with this is a really cool sense of, of place. Um, like, geography matters. I've complained about a lot of MMOs and RPGs that just let you fast travel around. Uh, and I feel that that can kind of break a game. I wish that Rockstar would do better work with, you know, when can you fast travel, when can you not fast travel, when do you have to ride your horse somewhere in Red Dead Redemption, when do you have to drive somewhere in Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, 
but I feel like the guys that did Dragon's Dogma really force you to think about when you're going, where you're going, how long it's going to take to get there. Uh, they make going from one city to another a kind of an involved thing. You, you don't do it lightly. And so many RPGs are afraid to do that. We are so used to Skyrim, where if you want to go from Whiterun to you know the Mage's College, you just press the select button and you instantly jump there. And so you lose all appreciation for what it's like to make that trip and what the land looks like in between. And these guys making Dragon's Dogma, they force you through that consideration. Well, that's because, that's because that's, that's, that game is based on a, on a kind of on a manifesto, right? A dogmatic manifesto. Yeah, that's, I mean that's that's what happens. I mean, is everything has to be shot on location, right? So, therefore, if you're going to travel somewhere, you actually have to travel in natural lighting. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that that is like nighttime's a huge pain in the butt. Like you can't fast forward through it either. And that was another thing. I was like, God, why would they do this? I, I want to get back to town, but it's about to be dark. So do I just like park here and wait for the light to pass, or do I actually go through the forest at night and Wait a minute! There's now things moving. Are they about to attack me? Uh, so it, it 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 forces some. You know, the design choices force you to go through different kinds of experiences than you normally get without some sort of scripted can thing in an RPG. Uh, and I think I've come around to really liking it and appreciating it for that. Mm. Um, and their big selling point, which good lord, when it when you first experience this, like when the few times it happens, this is this is just spectacular. Their big selling point is the way that you fight against a really big creature. You know, normally, and we've all had to deal with the stupid dragons in Skyrim and whatever. You just plink at them with arrows or with a spell, or I have no idea how melee guys do it. But but it's just big, awkward. It looks cool, but it's just so ungainly when you're fighting a dragon in Skyrim. It's ridiculous. Uh, here, when you're fighting a big thing like that, like you, it, it matters. Like its size is a huge part of how you're fighting it. In that you need to weaken it, you you have to sort of figure out how to stagger it, and you have to climb up on its head and stab it in the skull. Uh, my first experience with this, they run you through a, a couple of tutorial instances early in the game, and those are canned, and you really can't die during those. It's pretty straightforward. It's just to sort of introduce you to the concept. But then later in the game, and I'm talking maybe. Like 10 hours later, I was just playing this thing, and none of the spectacular stuff was happening. Later in the game, I'm real far from the capital. I'm deciding, do I want to stay here for the night? Do I want to go back? And I'm, I'm fighting these hobgoblins in the trees. Pretty straightforward. I'm killing them. Easy enough. You know, you, you work with three party members, and they do their own thing, and I'm hanging back shooting bows at them. And from behind the hobgoblins, I see this, like, four-story tall cyclops thing coming at me. Uh, and he's, like, slowly walking over towards us, and I was like, oh, well, I can't fight that yet. I might as well run. But then I was occur- it occurred to me, well, where am I going to run to? It's about to be night. If I'm going to die, I might as well die here and reload. So I got in this big battle with this huge four-story tall thing, which involved sort of hanging back and weakening it, and one of your party members says, hey, you know, hit it in the hand, and it'll drop its club. So I'm shooting the arrow at its hand, and it finally drops its club, and I run over, and I climb up on it, and you have to stab it in the head to pry this helmet loose from it. Uh, And then you just, you know, stab it in the brain a few times, and it finally goes down. And it was this great, epic 15-minute fight where I kind of had to – I never once was shooting at a glowing orange weak point which is a typical way to do a battle like that, or I never once had to just hang back and just weaken it with arrows. I guess I could have done that. Um, but, you know, to run to it, to weaken it, to climb up on it, and then stab it in the brain, uh, it just felt really organic, it felt cinematic, and 
that was pretty much the point where I was won over to the different way that Dragon's Dogma does things. So there's my game of the week. Oh, I just want to say that I like Lars von Trier also. Did you like what? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's the thing, Lars von Trier does things his own way, and so does Dragon's Dogma. So, uh, all right, McMaster, what do you have for a game of the week? Well, I'm not going to pick Diablo 3 again, because that just seems unfair. Um, but I did break away for a few hours, and I've played some Max Payne 3 at this point, so that is my game of the week. In a good way or a bad way? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm still uh, playing the single player, and um, as much as I like parts of it, it, it kind of drags. Um, the story is it's very... It's very over the top, uh, but that's kind of what you get from. I mean, who? It's what Kevin Hauser is that his name or is it Dan Hauser? Dan Hauser. There's Hauser Brothers, and Dan Hauser is the one who who right. writes. And okay, I'm putting rights and quote marks because I'm a mean jerk. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, all of his stuff kind of reminds me of just big blockbuster writing in a lot of ways, uh, Bruckheimer kind of stuff, explosions and crazy characters, and uh, you know that has a certain appeal uh, for an action game. But uh, it does drag a lot, and the difficulty of the game is uh, is pretty intense. Um, you die quite a bit, uh, but I'm very fond of the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we played a bit last night, uh, Tom and I, and he was much better than I. Uh, I'm ashamed to admit. Well, I've had a little bit of a head start, I say. I'm uh, level, I think I hit nine, and you were starting at level one, so I was kind of like your Obi-Wan talking you through it. Yes. Yeah, you really were, you really were. And then we kept getting killed by kinky kicks. So yeah, there's yeah, there's like a lot of hidden sort of gameplay mechanics that as you level up, you can start to equip w- on your character. And we kept running into this jerk who had a special power to make him look like a friendly, uh, to where you're sitting there fighting, you're looking for like they're real good, just like Red Dead Redemption. About you don't have to aim so much as you just hold the trigger to lock onto an enemy, and enemies light up under red. So you're real good. You get used to looking for the red, and you lock onto someone and just fire away. And you're doing that, and you see all your teammates around. You don't think anything of it. But, yeah, if somebody has that, is it paranoia or there's a name for the power up? I think it's paranoia. I think paranoia is the one that makes everyone look like an enemy. Oh, okay, okay. But maybe it's like a different level of paranoia because, like, they they, they unlock at different points. Right, so the, the base paranoia makes everyone look like an enemy, and I love this because I'm about to – I've actually equipped it, so it's the one I'm getting to use. It makes everyone look like an enemy on the other team. So the other team sees everyone in red, and they'll try to lock onto a buddy and shoot them, and there's no friendly fire, so nothing happens. Yeah. They've just wasted their time. Level two of paranoia enables friendly fire for up to one kill. So what happens is you is you pop that off, and the guys on the other team, everyone looks hostile, so they lock onto someone and they fire. And even if uh-huh. it's a friendly, they will kill him, and you will get that credit. Uh, That's awesome. But so the other one, it's it's I forget the name of it, but it makes you temporarily at the first level look like a friendly. So McMaster and I were playing, and this guy kept running up killing us uh, because he was using that power. We eventually wised up to him, and you learned to look at the name. Uh, and it was very gratifying getting kills against that guy after seeing what sneaky trick he was doing. So there's a lot of that kind of interplay in the multiplayer. Xbox Live likes to keep you on bull by, like, reminding you you've been killed by people named Carlos Spicy Wiener. 
That's don't fun. forget, don't forget, Undead Bananas one. I forgot. Yeah, Undead Bananas one. My, <laughs> my longtime nemesis. But well, one of the cool things we saw was that uh, if you have a crew, uh, which Tom and I are a crew, and that's spelled with a C, not a K. We're not cool enough for that. Um, so, if you have a crew and you're playing in a game together, then other crews that are playing in this game, ah. uh, they you get into some sort of rivalry with them and. The more you kill them or the more they kill you, you uh, you know, whoever wins the rivalry, you get a little extra experience. Um, you can also, if someone kills you repeatedly, you can choose a vendetta for them um, when you die. And if you kill that person, you get extra points, that kind of thing. But, of course, the drawback to that, McMaster, as I mentioned to you, is that when you apply your vendetta, like it's basically a token you can put on one other player saying, this guy has killed me too many times, dadgummit, I'm gunning for him specifically so that when you kill him you get extra experience but the drawback is when you do that the other guy gets notified and he gets yeah. the satisfaction of knowing that he has annoyed you <laughs> so i yeah. and I, I love hearing that in the game when i'm playing is so and so has a vendetta against yeah. you and i'm like yeah. ah, i'm i'm being the annoying kid to you that so many other kids are to me most of the time i uh, uh, think of the things we uh, messed around with last night though one of the coolest was actually the painkiller mode I was, yeah, uh, I was very surprised. surprised. Yeah, same here. Explain how that go- how that works. Um, well, it starts off uh, with everybody. It's kind of a free for all uh, death match, and whoever gets like the first and second kill becomes Max Payne and Pesos, and uh, which is his like buddy in Max Payne Three. Uh, <clears throat> and you get ex- like extended health and uh, do more damage, but all the other players are trying to kill you. Um, so it's kind of like what was that Halo mode? Uh, stalker, is that it? It might be. Like, I think of it as like, I think there's a hunt mode in Aliens vs. Predators. Like, it, there have right. been several modes like this, and I, I was just real pleased with how well it worked, uh, here. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good time, and, uh, we didn't figure this out, uh, until almost the end of the match, but you get extra money and stuff for looting people in that, or looting Max Payne and Pesos in that mode. That's right. how you get all your score. So, and I love the looting mechanic. Like when you kill someone, and it seems like a lot of people playing don't know this, you can loot the body, and and you therefore fill up your your it's called adrenaline, your adrenaline meter, which will unlock your special powers, like that paranoia power I talked about earlier. Sometimes you can loot people for for money, for ammo. Um, so there's this great risk reward thing where I've killed someone. Do I park myself here on the body to briefly loot it and maybe put myself in danger? Or do I run away? Uh, they do just a lot of clever stuff like that. I'm real. I'm just tickled pink with how the multiplayer turned out. Yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the unlocks. Uh, of course, I always like unlocks. It gives you a reason to play. Um, uh, but one thing I saw that I, I really haven't messed with. I don't know if you have Tom is the wager. Yep. Have you seen the wages? Have you have you done any of those? Oh yeah, yeah. So so what'll happen there? And and it it only unlocks these things when you hit certain levels. I think the wagers come in at five or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Is before a match starts. And generally you're playing the same. You know you're playing on a server and you're seeing the same players over successive matches. So when a match starts, it'll give you the opportunity. It'll say like, who do you think will get the most kills? And it'll name three people. Uh, and there are odds that determine what the return is on how much money you bet and you pick which one of those three people of those three will get the most kills and if you're right you get money uh so what happens is you're playing and you get annoyed by people like you start to get a sense for who's good who's not so as you are getting a sense for the players on the server when these wagers come up you actually have some information based on who you should bet on uh so yeah i routinely do that and uh, i've 
I've I've made some money gambling, McMaster. No, yeah, I had no idea actually how it worked at first. So I thought, hey, I'll ask Tom. He seems like he would have wagered. <laughs> yep. He's such a sinner. I have I have I have definitely gambled in Max Payne three, and I've made enough to oh. unlock the super badass like RPD. You know, it's a it's a heavy. I think it's a is that a Soviet gun? Anyway, it's it's a heavy. Oh machine. yeah, yeah. That's yes. the one I'm trying to unlock now. It's uh, I'm not too far off from it. I'm real fond of it. It's not big on accuracy, but it's got a it's got a big clip. You know, you don't have to reload a lot, and it's got good range. And you know what? I just love the noise those things make. So yeah, that's my that's my gun of choice right now. And just like Call of Duty, like there's a long, gradual sort of you could call it a grind, but I like to think of it as an advancement curve or slope or whatever. But one of the things you're unlocking is when you use a gun, you level that gun up and you unlock attachments right. for it. Uh, so, you, you know, I, I was doing the thing with you, McMaster, where I was, like, trying to get kills with the stupid pistol because I wanted to unlock attachments for the pistol. Uh, and I didn't get very far with that. Uh, but it just yeah. encourages you to play a lot of different ways and to, to experiment with different tools. Um yeah, and, so, it, and there's a lot of like unlockable slots too. It's not just like a weapon right. and stuff like that. There's actually uh, powers like we were mentioning the uh, paranoia. There's one that like boosts your health. There's one that boosts your amount of fire or your rate of fire. Maybe I can't remember exactly what. Depends on the level, but at the top level, it gives you a super badass like grenade launcher. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then there's, uh, but they also have stuff like, what, sutures, which makes you uh, heal faster. But you have, like, a a weight limit. Yes. Uh, There's a certain amount of uh, gear you can carry, which is uh, reminiscent of actually several games. But uh, depending on how much weight you have on your character is how quickly uh, you regenerate and et cetera. It reminds me a lot of, of Mass Effect 3. You know, how right. much equipment do you want to carry? Because it's going to slow down one aspect of the gameplay, but enhance another one. It's a great system of of forcing you to decide between trade-offs. Uh, yeah, like absolutely. That a lot. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm a huge fan of it. I, I figure I'll be playing it for a while. We have a crew. If you go to the crews and you can search for quarter to three, or our tag is QTO, the numeral three, because uh, you need four characters, uh, join our crew uh, or just friend Tom Chick on the Rockstar Social Network. I would love to add you as a friend. Uh, I really like what Rockstar does with that that interface and all the data you can track. And, uh, you know, as much as people make fun of the crew stuff, because this carries over into Grand Theft Auto V, by the way. It's one of their selling points. As much as people make fun of this, I'm a sucker for that. You know, I, I really like the stat tracking. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they do a really good job at the social club. It's pretty cool. Can I change my game of the week, McMaster? Sure. All right, my, my game of the week, Max Payne 3. Yeah, <laughs> you, the, can't, uh, you can't do that on this podcast. Uh, we're not going to stand for that. Well, we are crazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you have to go on to yeah, the social club, and you have to find it and then request an invite, and then someone has to invite you, which is right. kind of a wacky system. But we, we worked it out last night. It's very web-based, too. You can't do it on your 60. Yeah. Um, right. So, Bruce, I have a quiz for you about Max Payne. Are you ready for this? You know, it's funny that I just realized while you were talking about Max Payne 3 mm-hmm. that Max Payne is, like, maximum hurt. Yes. Wait a minute. It's like William Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> see, and, and see what they did? That, that never occurred to me. And you know, you know who came up with that, by the way? You? No, Fins. Right. 
Good point. Yeah. Max Payne is a Finnish invention. So, right. But he, Max Payne isn't Finnish, though. You know what? No, not, no he's not a native Finn. He, he's he's hard boiled. Yeah, he's hard boiled. Yeah, that's his nationality, hard boiled. Yeah. Okay. So All Bruce right. Garrick, let's pretend. Okay. And I'm not saying this has or hasn't happened, but let's pretend there's a Max Payne movie. Okay. So knowing what you do about Max Payne, based on what McMaster and I have said. You know, his nationality hard-boiled. We talked a bit about, McMaster mentioned a bit about how they're over-the-top characters and whatnot. Knowing what you do about Max Payne, I'm going to give you four actors, and you tell me which one you think would have been cast in a Max Payne movie if such a thing existed. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. Dolph Lundgren, Mark Ruffalo, Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg, or Taylor Lautner. Okay, now, I've never heard of two of those four people. <laughs> Wait a minute. I guess I'm, I'm guessing you don't know who Taylor Lautner and Mark Ruffalo are. Is that true? Correct. Yes. What? Uh, Wait, I kind of I kind of don't either, Tom. Wait a minute. Come on. Didn't you guys see the Avengers? Sure. No, I, 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 meant, I, I did. It, but but I here's the it. thing. Even if I'd seen the Avengers, I wouldn't necessarily know who those people were. Yeah. That is know. true. So uh, Bruce Garrick is the guy that walked out of the wrestler with me once and was like, "That was Mickey Rourke." <laughs> After I, I, watched I didn't figure that out. Yeah, yeah. That was, so, yeah that's true, this, unfortunately. So Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. You, you jerks. What kind of, you guys are terrible oh. comic book nerds. And Taylor Lautner, come on. Come on, Bruce Garrick. Okay. okay. You're married now. You should know this stuff. Okay. All right. Taylor Lautner is huh? the, the werewolf in the Twilight movies. Oh, right. Wait, no, I don't know that. Uh. <laughs> so so let me give you the list again. Okay, Dolph Lundgren, Mark Ruffalo. Hmm? Mark Wahlberg or Taylor Lautner, and which one is going to be cast as? Well, uh, you know what? I'll give you a little more information. There actually was a Max Payne movie, and one oh. of those four guys played Max Payne. Okay, so here's the problem. The problem yes. is that if there was a Mac Payne, Max Payne movie, it was probably terrible, which means that it's very likely that Dolph Lundgren was in it. But, and it's very unlikely that Mark Wahlberg was in it. Okay, um, I would have said James Spader. Well, what? First of all, he's like Mr. TV now, and second of all, when has he ever done action hero stuff? Less than zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, all, hey. all, yeah. All those all those movies were action hero movies. They just, you know, like also um, uh, Sex Lies and Videotape. <laughs> I could I could maybe a lot of action. I could maybe see James Spader being like the Punisher or something. Uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, not a not a Max Payne. Well, no, he was in Stargate. Come on, give him some credit. There. Oh, that, McMaster, very good. Yeah. Well played, McMaster. Uh-huh. All right, so you can't pick James Spader, I'm afraid. Okay. So, okay. Well, all right. Uh-huh. So of those four, Dolph Lundgren, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Wahlberg, or Taylor Lautner, you have said you don't think it would be Mark Wahlberg. You don't think it would be Dolph Lundgren. That leaves you with Mark Ruffalo. No, I said it, I said it would be likely that it would be Dolph Lundgren since the movie is probably terrible. So that. Ah. Dolph Lundgren probably would have been in it. Okay. But Mark Wahlberg probably wouldn't have been. Um, and I don't know about the other two people, and I don't really know anything about how likely. I'm going to go with Dolph Lundgren. You know what? I would have loved that, by the way. A Dolph Lundgren yeah. Max Payne would have been cool. Unfortunately, no. Now, wait a minute. Did, did you see The Expendables, Bruce Garrick? No. So Dolph Lundgren was legitimately awesome in The Expendables, you know, with all the age that he's was he? at. I thought so. I mean, I thought I, just, I haven't seen it, so I mean, I, I don't necessarily recommend the Expendables. It's just full of a bunch of action stars patting each other on the back. But Dolph Lundgren was the one good thing about it. He he does the whole like, is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Like, right. is he the redeemed traitor? Uh, and he's excellent in the Expendables. I hope he's in the Expendables too. I don't know, but uh, he's also in the most recent Dungeon Siege movie. Oh, great! 
and he's not full in that. He's yeah. So, so anyway, Bruce Garrick, you were as wrong as could be because it was Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Really? Yes. He, yeah. they, he is Max. He, he was Max. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That's a shame. Yeah. So. Was he in Street Fighter? Because I did see that movie. <laughs> You're thinking of Roll Julia. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. I'm Van Damme. Yeah. yeah, that was a good movie, actually. I saw that one. Oh, it was not a good movie. Yeah, I can't believe you saw it, but okay. It's in the theaters, first day. You've seen Street Fighter, but not The Avengers. Right. You're coming on this podcast using words like febrile. Yeah. Ugh, what's the matter with uh, you? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so Bruce Garrick, thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you, guys. Uh, will you join our crew in Max Payne 3? Yes, if I can fight against Undead Bananas 1. He will, he will be on, we'll have vendettas against him. Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah. 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 Uh, next week we are, uh, well, we're at E3. Who isn't? Um, so I don't know what we'll be doing. McMaster and I will be there at E3 and we'll record something over the course of the week for you. Yes. So, uh, don't know if it's just going to be the two of us. We might jump in with the no high scores, folks. Uh, lots of opportunities at E3, lots of things to talk about, and we will hopefully be around next week to talk to you about them. Yes. Uh, I am Tom Chick. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, McMaster, we'll uh, we'll see what happens at E3 next week. Oh, yes. If you change your mind on the first in line, on the unsteel free, take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got your place to go, when you bring them down. Hey, dog, how's it going? I like your fur, that looks really great. So you're a dog, right? What's that all about? Okay, well, it was great to meet you. Say hi to your mother for me, okay?